watching Twilight Zone in the middle of the night the other night, and it was the Game of Pool episode. So in this episode, the idea is that this guy has been playing pool all his life and nonstop comparisons to the old school, the OG, the guy that ran the table before him is all he gets. You're nothing like Fats. You'll never be as good as Fats. The guy's name was Fats something. And he was like, I just want, I've been playing my whole life and nobody can beat me. How am I going to win when I can't beat somebody that doesn't live, isn't alive, that isn't here anymore? And it got me thinking about wrestling and it's specifically Roman Reigns because we're on a path where he's taking down people that are no longer wrestling or are no longer living. And he keeps knocking off record after record on his way to Hogan. But can he be considered the greatest even after he breaks the record? And what does that mean for him? Because isn't the ingenuity and the interest in his story a lot this time because the chase, the chase is there. Without the chase, does he have a lot to do in wrestling? Like once this is over, what can we do with Roman? Because it felt like in the Twilight Zone, this guy got his chance to face this this ghost, per se, this guy that he wasn't supposed to be able to face because he's dead and gone. So he gets this match, and the whole time Fats is playing with his head, saying, uh, you're not going to beat me. You're not going to beat me. And the more he gets closer to beating him, the more he gets confident, the more he's like, I can beat you, I can beat you, I can beat you. But what he realizes is it's a ruse. Once he wins, there's nothing left for him to do except for sit on the throne and wait for the next person. So when Roman reigns, it feels like we're on this trajectory where he is going to break every record imaginable. And WWE is not ready to take the belt off of him until he wants the belt taken off of him. But once that happens, where do we go? That's the question I want to pose today on today's podcast. Is the interest in Roman reigns because of the chase or after he gets through this, is there going to be more stories to tell? Because to me, it feels like we're in a game of pool situation. I, I, I think back to this Jay-Z song. He says, uh, you got me fighting Pac and you got me fighting big, but how can I win when you got me fighting Ghost? He can't win. He's never going to be better than Pac and Biggie because they're not here anymore. People are always going to think back to the person in their era that was the greatest wrestler of their time, whether that's Bruno San Martino or whether that's Hulk Hogan or Ric Flair or whoever your guy is of your era, it's always going to be that guy in your era. It's never going to be the guy that's after your era. So I guess my question to you, Will, is where do we go from here? Where do we go once all these records are broken? And is this, is this no man's land? Have we been here before? Fats Brown. That's the name from uh, a game of pool. Fats Brown. Fats Brown. Good call. With that, though, I mean... Is there? You said it yourself. There is nothing left, and I think they know that. They're very hyper aware, and we've already seen Roman like kind of dip his toes into acting, you know. So if he wanted to go that route at a point in his life, it's definitely a viable option. And we're getting to the point where I'm not saying he's old or anything. But with the kind of money people are making in WWE now, the whole atmosphere of it, right? You know, there's back in the day you had people like Ric Flair who wanted to be gone 99% of the time wrestling two, three times a day, defending that title on the road each and every single day, back to back to back. Whereas the in the rooms that we're in now, as far as wrestling goes, in the space we're at with wrestling now, though, you have people who want 
to have holidays. They want to have a life. It's not about wrestling 24-7, 365. Like, hey, I show up on a Monday night. I do my spot. I might not even stay the whole damn show. Once I'm used, I'm out here. I'm going to go spend time with my family. People taking two, three, four-month-long vacations, it's possible now. People don't have to be generally injured. And, yes, people are leaned on from time to time. But Roman himself, when he wants a break, he takes one. And it's a little bit different from the Hulk Hogan's and even the John Cena's because that's fun to forget right now. It's actually easy to forget that John Cena had taken that spot from Hulk Hogan. You don't even think about it right now because Roman has done so much himself and surpassed so many of those bars set by John Cena. And people were asking the same question when John Cena was doing this, when John Cena tied that record with Ric Flair for the titles. Everyone was saying, hey, is this no man's land? Where do we go from here when John Cena beats that record? And he never did, which is interesting to mention. Was it by design or did it just like, an, an unfortunate thing that didn't happen that we could still see play out. Be realistically, once these belts are taken off of Roman, it's kind of all uh, all bets are off, right? John Cena could come in there, slip it in, grab that belt, and could be considered himself a champion. Actually, another side question that I want to explore towards the end of this, could John Cena take that world heavyweight belt or whatever they're calling it these days and have that be considered as the same level of those other championship reigns and then surpass Ric Flair? Yeah, it's world titles, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's a world champion. But, I mean, if we want to get technical, Ric Flair has a whole mess more reigns than the it's, 15. It's 21. It's technically 21 with the outside of the WWE stuff. So, it, uh, before, he, before John gets there, Charlotte's going to beat him to that, brother. I guarantee you that. That's the hot take I'll put on the table. Charlotte will beat the WWE one well before John will. It kind of extends the conversation, though. Once this is over, once he drops the belts, do you think that he has enough in him to have competitive runs and competitive things, or do you think that this is such a big title run that he's never going to be able to be com is he's never going to be able to be interesting again? Because I know a lot of fans, and I've had this conversation with several podcasters that are like. Enough is enough. Like, he's won every one of these matches the exact same way. How long can this go on? And people are fed up with him, even if that person is not me. Acknowledge him. I think uh, there's a place for him to be done with this and still have a compelling career. I don't know that everybody agrees. Put on your theoretical cap for me, Will, and tell me whether you think that he can do anything outside of this. Is there more stories to tell once the belt's off of Roman Reigns? It's not that I don't think he could. I just don't think the system, and by the system, I mean WWE and how they they tell stories these days, I don't think it's built for that. I don't think Roman could be a compelling uh, main event guy without the belt. I'm not saying he, the, he needs the belt to be in the main event. I just don't think they book like that anymore. And it... Back in the 2000s, the 90s, they yeah, they did that shit all the time because they had no choice. They had too many top-level guys that were able to tell those stories. But now it's it's weird, right? 
uh, with how WWE is for the most part outside the really, really big stories, it's kind of a plug and play situation. They have all of these like generic storylines and stuff, and they've kind of gone a different beaten path, right? Instead of like trying to reinvent the wheel, they've kind of leaned into the fact that you can only tell so many stories so many different ways. So now they're taking talents that fit molds here, there, and everywhere, right? And just isn't, kind of plucking them in. Isn't the plug and play system because the system is revolving around Roman Reigns, though? Once that's gone, is it still going to be a plug and play system? Is my question because it feels like right now it's like Roman Reigns, the bloodline, Cody Rhodes, and then everything else. I don't know. So, and I think Roman Reigns is the last true superstar. I'm not including Cody in this, right? Maybe Seth can go hand in hand, but between Seth and Roman, they are the last true. Uh, I I don't agree. Who, who can rise to that level within WWE? Well, there's a handful of people. Isn't from that generation that's come after Roman. Hell, a night. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, there's Dude. still AJ Styles working in the wings too. Don't forget, there's plenty of people. I mean, shit. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't hate the new do. crop of even part timers. I don't feel like Logan Paul would be a bad champion at this point in time. Now a word from our sponsors. Whether you're new in town or been here for a while, we'd really appreciate it if you took a moment to show us some love. From liking and subscribing on YouTube to leaving a review on Spotify and Apple Podcast, anything and everything helps. You can also interact with us on Facebook and YouTube's community tab. We want your feedback for future episodes. Just search for Jade Rasslin on your favorite platform and let us know your thoughts. Last but not least, we have merch for sale on ProWrestlingTees.com. I don't include impacts cast-offs right if you look and i don't mean that he's not really a cast off from impact though he's really been in every single company other than other than wwe successfully i mean not AEW, but he was special in nwa too so he's been everywhere but so he wasn't built within the wwe system and maybe that's to his credit right we tend to see people who don't necessarily follow the uh script laid out by wwe do just a touch better right they're able to stand out a little bit more and that's a whole nother can of worms i'm not going to open but everybody knows what i'm alluding to and so with la Knight and then aj styles they both like they honed their skills in other pawns and they got over so to give wwe credit no 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 we're not playing that game i'm talking roman reigns his entire shtick good bad and indifferent was built within the wwe umbrella john cena good bad and indifferent built under the wwe umbrella terry balea 98 percent good bad and indifferent was built under the wwe umbrella i i i don't know i got an argument for this i got an argument you're gonna argue it's fucking time no i got i got awa but i also got ovw for john cena i mean he wasn't made in the wwe i mean at the time it wasn't no it was ovw was fucking nxt before nxt jim Cornette ran it in fucking bumpfuck egypt and it was all talent run and paid for by the wwe that was their fucking farm system 
but falling in but falling into the thugonomics was not necessarily wwe's idea it was something that organically happened kind of like stone cold's random rise to fame through a a random promo at a pay-per-view it's not necessarily planned or built that way sometimes things just happen roman reigns had been pushed and pushed and pushed and it almost failed and it was almost ready to hang up the cleats and then paul Heyman came in and said hey and saved yeah that's that's what i mean but like I don't know that it was necessarily WWE going, let's plan these guys into existence. Like all that's everything happens what, for a reason and like everything falls into place for a reason. And that's why I think wrestling is so special because it's not always the guy that they think is going to be successful. Sometimes the ultimate warrior is the wrong guy, dude. Fuck it. You know what I mean? What I'm saying though, per se, I'm not saying like, Hey, they have, put everything together but no they are responsible for those talents that's and fair that's more so what i'm saying it's it's almost like the sting effect you know sting was always a wcw guy and then you have john cena always was a wwe guy roman reigns always a wwe guy triple h 98 of his career at wwe and like if you want to i'll i'll understand if you're going to come after the likes of mankind triple h uh, shit, there was an, uh, Chris Jericho and all of these talents that uh, Steve Austin that were built outside of WWE because all of them have ties to WCW. A lot of them have ties to ECW, so I, it's understandable. But you know who was a homegrown talent from that era? The fucking Rock. The Rock was born and bred in that WWE system. Yeah, but all, he he's so much rub outside of it because of his dad, but still, as far as someone taking a wrestler under the wings and going hey this is what we have planned for you these are the ceilings we think you can reach and just because they surpass the ceiling doesn't mean wwe i don't responsible i think that's a weird way to put it though still because even like look at all three of those guys that you just mentioned the rock john cena and roman reigns all three of them have had very low points in their career where wwe was pretty much ready to say hey let's throw in the towel all three of them, they were ready to pretty much release John Cena. He was ready to, to walk out the door until things weren't re- He wasn't going to walk out the door. He was on the verge of getting fired, and then he figured out what to do with his gimmick. Same with The Rock. It wasn't fucking working at first until he ended up with, you know, with the faction, and then he's back to normal with, uh, Jesus Christ, save me, with the Nation of Domination, and then he was back to normal. So it always falls into place just right, but it's not always perfect. And even Roman Reigns, like you said, if Paul Heyman hadn't rescued him, would he still fucking even be here? Everything happened. It's fate, dude. It's a game of it's a game of pool. Everything happens because of fate. It is you have to work to get to where you're going to get. Don't get me wrong. All three of those guys have an incredible work ethic and have really, really worked hard to get where they're going. Don't get me wrong. But it is a game of chance, and it's a game of pool. Just like the Twilight Zone episode. Things happen for a reason. Everybody is set up for their own destiny. And if your destiny is to take the place of Fats Brown, then your destiny is to take the place of Fats Brown. Even if that's Roman Reigns or John Cena or The Rock or whoever it is, whoever it is, it falls into fate because of that. And that's why I think the interesting thing is about that. They've almost dropped the ball on all three of these guys, Will. But yet we're considering them three of the greatest of all time, right? I just don't know how we get to that again. I don't see anybody within the WWE roster that was there from day one 
that has that ceiling. I actually, no, I lied. I'll take that back. Carmelo Hayes. I think we could you, see Carmelo Hayes get you, to that. You like him that much? I think he has what it takes to be that kind of guy. Oh, he's an A1 res, uh, in-ring wrestler. I'll give him that. But he got washed the other day on a microphone, bro. I just want to put that out there. He got his ass washed. So uh, Baron Corbin took him to school, dude. And that's someone towards the bottom of the main roster. Baron Corbin took his ass to school. Honestly, so did Dragunov. He's got some work to do, bro. He's got to learn how to control himself and be better against the power hitters. Because if he's going to get shoved around by LA Knight every week on the main roster, I don't know if I'm going to sit here and say that he's going to be the best to ever live eventually. I don't know if I'm ready for that. And I think that might be a hot take because I don't think too many people... I'm not down on Carmelo Hayes. I think he produces really good matches week in and week out. But he has been slaughtered on a microphone almost every time he's touched it. And honestly, I will give you an even bigger hot take. I think Trick Williams is better on a microphone than him. Way better. I don't think it's close. Are you saying that Trick Williams surpasses Carmelo? He, I maybe it now lit. They don't like to book certain people the right way. And trick Williams seems like they're going to put him in a box and try to give him some bullshit ass, dumb ass, stupid gimmick that he can't work with. But if they produced him the way that they should, like they are on NXT right now, like him getting into that little squabble with Dragonoff was the best thing that could have happened to him. Cause it gets him away from Carmelo and he's able to say, Hey, listen, dude, I don't want to be a number two anymore. Like, I like you. I want to be friends with you. I don't want this to come off as, off as disrespectful, but I'm done being a number two. I'm ready to be my own person, which was the best thing that could have happened to him because he is a bonafide number one. Then he goes and has a banger of a match with Dragunov. Also, they were neck and neck in a microphone, and Dragunov has a good talent when that microphone in his hand is in his hand. I don't know if you knew that, but that boy can talk. I, I think that might have been like one of my favorite feuds of the last couple of months. Like, and it was short lived and it happened on like a heat wave pay-per-view or some bullshit. But those two weeks I was totally invested in Dragunov and Trick Williams. And I don't really particularly like NXT as much as I did six or seven months ago. Like a lot of the guys on there that I really was high on, I'm not so high on anymore because it feels like they've got stale. Sure. They've got some stars, you know, Wesley and there's a bunch of people over there that are still fucking good. Don't get me wrong, but Trick Williams, whew, I am really, really, really in the Trick Williams boat now. He is on fire. They really know. Sean has really honed in on what makes Trick that Trick. And uh, he's. I could see him doing great things. And that, I think, revolves around your whole point. You know, it is a game of fate. As much as I want to sit here and say right now, I don't think we can replicate what we've gotten, like, I don't foresee them breaking that Roman record or any of the records Roman broke. But what's the cool thing about records? They're but made to be broken. Even right? a year, even two years ago, would you imagine that somebody was going to take out Honky Tonk's record of Intercontinental uh, Belt, the Intercontinental Championship Belt record? No, you oh. wouldn't have. But look what we've done in we, just a year. Can I say, actually, I'm not super surprised, right? Like, I didn't think about it. I keep on forgetting that Honky Tonk holds that record, so it's not like I'm like, oh, every time an Intercontinental Champions crown, it's going to be the one? But that's not like, I know, but that's not like something you would have thought would have happened. Like, I thought we were well past Honky Tonk Man. I thought there were about six or seven people that had beat Honky Tonk Man. I could see exactly what you're saying if we're talking about the Bruno San Martino range, right? Like having Roman hold this belt so long, 
I never thought anyone was going to surpass the reigns that exist. He's coming really close, and I do firmly believe he will be the longest reigning champion, right? I just, I don't know when we pull the trigger on it again. Does it make sense to do it right or back to back? Do we have someone take the belt off of Roman and then have someone break his record? Or is it something we're going to have to wait maybe an entire lifetime to see again? I, I think it'll be a while, bro. I don't think they're trying to have someone break the record and then immediately break the record again. That's not good for <laughs> for anybody. I don't think that's a good way to even do business, to be honest. What if Cody wins, right? What if Cody finishes his story? You believe that Cody finishing the story means that he's going to have a three-year reign? God help me. I don't know if I can watch Cody for three years winning on WWE nonstop. I don't know that I've got it in me. I don't know that I've got him to have a six-month championship run and me not want to turn the TV off. I got to be honest. He either needs to finish the story or get the fuck out of my face. The people always use the phrase appointment television. Is there like an opposite of that? Because that or Cody reigning for three years is what I would consider an anti-appointment television. It's it's hangman. It's just hangman all over again. It's just the guy I don't want to fucking watch. (laughs) There's nothing I want to watch less than hangman be a champion, except for Cody Rhodes to be a champion for three years. I don't know. That might make me want to just quit WWE altogether. And I'm not really one of those people that's like, ah, fuck WWE. I'm going to boycott it for a few months. I typically stay around no matter what. But if Cody Rhodes gets a championship and keeps a championship, I don't know if I can deal with, what do you want to talk about, Indianapolis? Indianapolis.